0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour 2.
1: Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this here program, Carrie Servino is going to join me at the bottom of the hour. Uh, She and her team have taken a big role in the 303 creative case that was before the Supreme Court yesterday. And want to kind of get the download, she was there, observed the case, uh, and I am intrigued to find out what her take is. Most media commentators think that uh, there will be a win for free speech in that case. That's the one where they, uh, the state of Colorado wants to compel a web designer to design a website for a gay marriage. The web designer is a Christian, said no and got sued, um, it's gonna be very interesting to see. Before I move on to anything else, I'm actually intrigued. I have a caller who wants to defend the JCPA. And I think in fairness, uh, we should have this conversation. So Xavier, welcome to the Eric Erickson show. How are you?
0: Good, how are you doing today?
1: Great, so you're in, in favor of the propping up journalism in this way.
0: Yes, and so my Perspective is that because you've already seen Facebook come out and say that they wouldn't be hosting these articles if the social media platforms are no longer hosting the articles and the links wouldn't that that would cut traffic from those large um, media organizations and wouldn't that ideally take a lot of money away from them and we would see like maybe subsequently layoffs and things like that where they would get smaller.
1: So if Facebook isn't sending traffic to the New York Times for example, the New York Times would have less revenue and would struggle more financially. Yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I might suddenly be in favor of this too.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it just it, it makes sense to me, you know, where the you know, if if they're not receiving that traffic, then that means that they're losing revenue in that sense.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I do see that. If Facebook pulls all the links tomorrow because of the JCPA, it might actually have a detrimental impact on the media and, and force them to make change. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think that may be the best argument in defense of it. Um, I, I would note the wording in Facebook's statement or meta-statements that they will consider it. I don't know that they'll actually consider it. The problem here with the design of this, though, Xavier, is that uh, it would allow orga- it would allow media organizations to form a cartel. And that cartel would be able to set the price they want. And if you're a small news shop, like if you're a local news network, you will not be able to participate in the cartel. It will only be the major national network. So uh, it hurts those those smaller outlets around the country as well. So, I mean, there, there are all sorts of bad, bad problems with the law. But I, I like your thinking, though, that maybe this would force some of them out of business. And that in and of itself wouldn't be bad. I I, I like the way you think on that. My gosh, that that's that's the best angle in defense of this. The problem is I don't actually think Facebook will stop linking. Um, I just, I don't. Uh, it would be great if they did, but I don't know that they will. All right, I got to move on to other stuff because there's a whole lot more to talk about related to the media that has them up in arms. Um, there's a new media outlet, SEMA4. Uh, I, I, I have a heart. so I just described, I, I just described, I subscribed to a news outlet called Puck News. Puck with a P, people. um, And it is, it's an intriguing uh, news outlet in that it is, re- essentially the premise of the news outlet is that reporters who are inside an industry should be able to report about the industry and give you the scoop. You may not be able to get other places. And I have learned stuff from it. Um, I am particularly intrigued by the goings on inside Fox and CNN and various Hollywood outlets. It's very media oriented, Uh, does follow the, the billionaires of Silicon Valley, things like that. And um, uh, so I found some of the information, and it's it's not a news outlet for everybody. I mean, most people don't have as much interest in some of these industries as I do, but I've been kind of intrigued by it. And I figure, ah, 100 bucks a year, I'll subscribe to it. And um, it, it also, the way that the business model of this website works is that the, the reporters are actually the owners of the company, per se, and they get paid based on how many subscribers they bring in for their stuff. So I, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Semaphore 4 intends to be another Axios or New York Times. It's been started by Ben Smith, who was at, he was at what, Politico and then BuzzFeed and then the New York Times media writer, and now he started this and it's essentially a news outlet where it gives you a general overview and then it gives you the hot take by the reporter which is supposed to be some level of analysis and then it gives you other people's take and about bottom line it it, kind of here's the overview here's what i think here's what they think here's how you synthesize all this stuff together i don't know what i get from this outlet that i get from others like this puck news outlet I can tell I'm getting stories and, and background information, and not all of it is there. There have been a couple of screw-ups. But the headline stories out there, um, Indonesia bans sex outside of marriage, January 6th committee plans to make criminal referrals to the Justice Department, Al Jazeera seeks uh, ICC probe over killing of journalist. Elon Musk's brain implant company, Neuralink is reportedly being investigated for its animal tests. But uh, let me give you this one, for example. Um, this is SEMA 4 headline inside the Senate's last-minute immigration push. It gives a general overview. The Senate was abuzz at a buzz Monday about a potential bipartisan deal on immigration, da-da-da-da-da. And then there's our view. This Congress has already seen bipartisan breakthroughs, but immigration is a stretch. And then there's room for disagreement, Obama supporters, outside supporters of the deal, say this isn't a drill. Conditions are riper for talks on both sides than they've been in years. And then notable at the bottom, the Biden administration may make it harder to seek asylum at the border with or without Congress. But I, I could get all of that from the New York Times. I can get it from Axios, which would make it even more concise. But the top story at SEMA for today is a different story. This is the actual headline at the top of Semaphore, which is a very, I don't know, oddly designed front page website too. Ron DeSantis is building his own media. Florida's governor is freezing out the mainstream press and giving interviews to outlets backed by GOP donors. So this is, this is how it starts. In August, A producer for The View emailed Ron DeSantis' team, hoping to book the Florida governor on the daytime talk show in the days before the midterms. DeSantis declined the offer to chat with Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar. Instead, he sat down with Will Witt, the 26-year-old founder of the Florida Standard, a conservative website that launched just days earlier. The governor took the opportunity to complain about the mainstream media and tout his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic under the headline, Exclusive, Governor Ron DeSantis and Will Witt Interview. Over the last year, DeSantis has given just a handful of interviews. Almost all of them have been with Fox News primetime or morning hosts or major conservative podcasters. But he's also carved out time for the Florida Standard and a similar site called Florida Voice, which launched in 2021. And then there's the view of the reporter, Max's view. DeSantis finds himself in the luxurious position of being able to brush off traditional media while receiving exceedingly friendly coverage from tame local websites and a national conservative press desperate for alternatives to Trump 2024. Um, Then, of course, there was this profile from Mark Leibovich at The Atlantic uh, that essentially says uh, DeSantis is not a fun and convivial dude he prefers to keep his earbuds in. His step away from the vehicle vibes are strong. That's how Leibovitch, it's interesting that he's not an exciting, fun person, and apparently he's not. He's a down-to-business guy who is more of an introvert than people might imagine, but he gets the job done. Isn't that what we want? Someone who's, who's not schmoozing and whining and dining, but getting the job done. All of this is to say the media is very upset Ron DeSantis is not kissing up to them. And why should he? Do you remember the 60 Minutes interview with Ron DeSantis? The 60 Minutes reporter essentially did an attack job on Ron DeSantis and Publix, uh, the grocery store chain, over DeSantis' handling of COVID-19. And they had their basic facts wrong. And DeSantis called them out on the carpet live in the interview and told them they were full of it. And they've never recovered. They're out to get DeSantis. The mainstream media is. Essentially, what has happened, this is actually very important for all of you to understand. What the media interprets as part of the result of the midterm elections is that Republicans who are seen as willing to upend democracy, uh, the Trumpian election theft denier, sort of candidates, that the public rejects them. As a result, the mainstream media has decided to now target every Republican and accuse them of being a January 6th-style election-denying candidate really into, willing to upend democracy. Uh, Jonathan Chait at, oh, at New York Magazine has a piece out that uh, Ron DeSantis has already decided to destroy American democracy. They're going full throat on this. Now, it doesn't really work so well. The public picks up on this stuff. The media essentially saw why Republican candidates lost and now want to extrapolate that and apply it to every other Republican to help them lose. And so here you have a guy who's not taking the bait. For example, Donald Trump had a Twitter outburst the other day where he suggested folks kind of ignore the Constitution, end the Constitution, uh, change the Constitution in some capacity without following the amendment process. And then he walked it all back the next day. The media made sure we all heard about it. Nobody's on truth social anymore. Nobody read it. Nobody paid attention to it. Nobody cared. It's just the temper tantrum of an old man trying not to be forgotten. And yet the national media shoved microphones in the faces of every Republican on Capitol Hill they could get their hands on. What do you think about this? Do you too wish to subvert democracy? This is what's going to happen for the next two years. Every time Trump has an outburst, reporters will rush to get every Republican on the record. And DeSantis isn't having interviews with these people. He can't be put on the spot by these people. He does not care to humor these people. He has cultivated a conservative news network around him from Fox News to Newsmax to conservative websites to conservative radio shows Uh, across the board. He is bypassing the media and they are furious. They do not like it that he can get his message out without taking them seriously. They do not like it that Ron DeSantis can accomplish through outlets other than their own what he's able to accomplish. They do not like it one bit, and they can't stop him. Not only can they not stop him, not only can they not stop him, they can't stop themselves from covering what he's talking about to these people. So his message gets out in their outlets anyway. It's one of the funny benefits of what he's doing. It's one of the funny benefits of it. It's it's one of those uh, areas where DeSantis is running circles around the media in Trumpian style ways, being able to ignore the press and still have them cover what he's saying But there is a big difference. He's he's not willfully out there attacking the press every day, but the press has given him so much by which to attack him. They have essentially allowed DeSantis to go out and discredit the press because the press continues to attack him with false attacks that the left generates, and DeSantis already knows the attacks are coming. That 60 Minutes interview totally discredited the reporter who was doing it for 60 Minutes, not DeSantis. And it's happened time and time again, the willful hostility of the press in Florida to the legislation about not teaching kindergartners about uh, sex that they call the don't say gay bill totally discredited the media and Disney in the process. And he's done this time and time again, and they are furious about it. They have to cover him. They don't want to cover him fairly. Not only do they have to cover him, they've got to cite the interviews he gave. So they are essentially raising awareness of the conservative alternative media. The only thing they can do is the one thing they can never do, which is to ignore him. And he knows that, and they know that, and that's why they're so mad at him. It's actually a brilliant ploy on his part. A friend of mine and I were discussing Bowl and branch sheets the other night when he was sitting on the front porch with me and he didn't believe that they got softer and softer every time you wash them. His wife was not convinced at all. She figured it was all marketing hype. Now she wants bowl and branch sheets for all of their beds at home. Why? Because they really do get softer every time you wash them. They're free of toxins, pesticides, harsh chemicals at every step of the process. They're the finest 100% organic cotton on earth. They're made by artisans who earn the pay and the respect they deserve and right now you can bring home a better night's sleep this holiday season with bowlin branch betting their signature sheets even come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box it's gonna look good it's gonna feel great for a limited time get 20 percent off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code eric at bowlinbranch.com that's bowlinbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com promo code is eric e-r-i-c-k at bowlinbranch.com Yes, yes you can call in 877-973-7425 should you like to do that. Uh just real quick, uh let me give you the rundown of what's going to happen just so you know. Uh every day, well every day. Um sorry, I'm just I was having a conversation during commercial break about every day. Um it, in August we're going to have this gathering. And starting tomorrow I will to subscribers Based on email, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on radio talking about it. It's too much other stuff to talk about. But we'll uh, push out to the paid subscribers of my daily email a discount code so they can get first dibs on tickets and on rooms to the conference. And the reason for this is because the people who have long been subscribers, I think, should get first dibs. Moving forward, I'll open it up to all the listeners. Um, I've got some ideas as well on um being able to benefit listeners to get there it'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh we got a discounted room rate at the hotel where it's going to be, which is the Grand Hyatt in Buckhead where we had it in 2000 what had it in 2019 there I think. Um but I want to um I want to expand um the ability to cover the issues of conservatism because you know, it's, it's always great. I used to do these conferences when I was at red state and we would have guys, uh, candidates for office. They would come give a big speech and they would talk for 20 minutes and I'd stand on stage and try to answer, get them to answer questions, but they're politicians and all they want to do is speechify. And I don't think you learn anything from their speeches. Instead, I want them on stage with me asking them substantive questions. For example, We've got $31 trillion in national debt. If you're not going to raise taxes, what are you going to cut to fix it? And inevitably I know that, well, we got to grow the economy. You grow the economy, you're able to produce more revenue, you're able to, that's an acceptable answer. How are you gonna grow the economy? That's what I want to do. We did it successfully in 2019, we did it in 2018, and now it's time again in 2023 um, I Charlie is going to be spending a lot of his time putting this stuff together. God bless him. Um, he's going to have, a his hands full, but it's going to be good. Uh, we do need sponsors. We're working on sponsorships, uh, to be able to cover the costs of it. So it's not out of pocket. Um, and we've got some sponsors, I think lined up and we've got more coming this way, but, uh, I want you to be a part of it. Stay tuned. I'll send the stuff out an email. Uh, we'll have a lot of, a lot of great speakers coming to talk to us. Uh, In the run-up to 2024 as well, it'll be kind of a preview of the potential uh, candidates for 2024. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington, we got to take power out of Washington. That's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I am waiting for my friend Carrie Servino, who is going to join me uh, to talk about the 303 Creative case. Uh, She has been deeply involved in that case for some time. She is the um, clerk for Clarence Thomas. And now she is the head of the Judicial Crisis Network. And I continue to be fascinated, not just by the case, but also by the crazy reaction of the left to this. So in the oral arguments yesterday, Elena Kagan made a um, comparison to a black child wearing a KKK outfit. And Sam Alito then used her example, and in doing so, the media attacked Alito. It wasn't his example; it was Elena Kagan's example. It was uh, used then by the um, by the by Sam Alito. And he got attacked for it, even though it wasn't his example, a a deep hatred of Sam Alito because of the Dobbs decision uh, relating to Roe v. Wade. Uh, We've seen this time and time again. The reality is that 303 Creative is a free speech case. It's not a freedom of religion case. It's a free speech case. Should a website designer who doesn't do stock template websites, but actually customs design, custom designs each of her websites, should she be forced to design a website for a cause that she does not believe in? That's the heart of the case. And on the left, they would have you believe it's a discrimination case. It has nothing to do with discrimination. It has to do with free speech. She has gay clients she works for. She just doesn't believe in gay marriage. So she's not discriminating against gay people. She has gay clients. She just doesn't believe in in, uh, same-sex marriage. She's a Christian. The case is about should she be forced to do so. At this point, the left seems to argue the only people in America who can be forced against their will to serve others are Christians. We'll see how it goes. Joining me is my friend Carrie Servino. She is with the Judicial Crisis Network. She had a very hands-on role in the nomination, of Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh. She clerked for Clarence Thomas. She is one of those great American heroes who has advanced the cause of liberty for years. And I got her on the phone. Carrie, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm great. So I, I were you in person yesterday at the argument?
2: Well, no, but nowadays it's great because you can actually listen to it yeah. live. So I was... I find that's almost easier because you can take notes and be on your computer and stuff. When you go into the in the courtroom, you're you're kind of there with maybe a pad and paper, but no phone, no nothing. Right. So it's uh, pretty intense.
1: So, it, what what were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I see that given the media meltdown, particularly for Mark Joseph Stern at Slate, uh, it had to have been a good oral argument.
2: <laughs> that's a pretty good metric. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm so glad at the beginning of your introduction that you clarified some of these facts because that the, some of those things. Seem seemed to be a, a bit of a confusion for the people arguing yesterday. Um, at times, you heard people saying, well, it would be different if she was willing to serve everyone, but she's not. And you want to go, no, no, she absolutely 100% is. She's willing to serve any kind of clients for all sorts of other messages. Um, but she, it is simply that she does not. Uh, feel consistent with her faith that she can do a a custom website design that would be celebrating a marriage that she believes is is, is contrary uh, to what marriage is. And uh, so, and as uh, Justice Barrett brought out some of her questioning, that would go for, if she had, the, the question was, say you have a couple where, on, their, on their Talk About Us story, it talks about how they each were married to other people, and then they were having an affair, and, and they thought that, it, actually, this is, we're supposed to be together, so we divorced our, our, our other spouses, and they're getting married. She said, the the lawyer said, she wouldn't do that either. It's not about whether you're same-sex marriage or, or opposite. It's that certain things that violate her beliefs, she's not going to promote. So, um, that that is a real significant difference because that shows that this is not about discrimination. This is simply about free speech. And I think, thank God, right now we have a court that is very pro free speech that recognizes the importance of the First Amendment. And so I think it will be a really good outcome in this case.
1: You know, the the crazy thing to me in all honesty is how it it probably won't be nine to zero and it should be i mean you mm-hmm. substitute any other situation should the the black man have to prepare a website for the kkk should the um muslim have to serve a butcher a pig for a christian i mean all those sorts of things everyone's absolutely not this is ridiculous but here in this particular case Um, she's, she, it's kind of like, it reminds me of, um, Jack Phillips. He, he had gay clients. He made cakes for gay clients. He provided goods and services, but not for gay weddings and the same situation here. She perfectly is willing to accept all comers except for these particular instances. And that argument just seems to fall on deaf ears with people on the other side.
2: Yeah, they, they seem to be creating kind of a new separate standard for this. And, and trying to just sort of morph the law around to get to the result they want, which is to force people on this issue um, to toe a party line, to toe this sort of new cultural orthodoxy. Um, and, and that's simply not, not how our system is supposed to work. And you can even see it in the way that the decision, as the Tenth Circuit put it, now normally the, the, the state, if they're infringing on speech, and the Tenth Circuit admitted they were completely infringing, uh, this person's speech, but they said, "Well, the government had a compelling interest, and that's because there's only one person in the entire state of Colorado that can provide Lori Smith's websites, and that's Lori Smith." And you're like, "Wait a minute, you're saying that, that that this is super compelling that everyone in the state needs to be able to have access to her specific, personally done websites?" I mean, she's a good website designer, but I, I think that's a little much, right? <laughs> to say there's a state, so this is they're inventing these new legal standards that's never been applied in any area before. Um, And that's very discouraging. It was discouraging to hear, uh, you know, three justices on the court uh, at at times even kind of equate her um, opinions with racism and and with anti-miscegenation, all sorts of um, really heinous things. And that's uh, that's very discouraging uh, because that's I don't think our country is is big enough that we can have people who disagree on this issue and still learn how to live together and have uh, good relationships and, and talk to each other, but without forcing anyone to uh, to violate his or
1: her beliefs in the process so you, you know this this is let's back up a little bit um and, and for those who aren't lawyers listening you, you mentioned strict scrutiny and strict scrutiny is essentially if congress is going to infringe uh, all of the any part of the first amendment other than the the um free exercise clause it, it uses strict scrutiny which means the state has to have if i remember right a compelling interest with a mm-hmm. narrowly tailored law that uses the least restrictive means possible to apply the law. It's been a while since I had con law, but mm-hmm. I think that's it. And that's it, I, it, um, it they're essentially saying that, yes, this is strict scrutiny. And the way the law was written is it's narrowly tailored and the least restrictive means possible is to force this woman to work as opposed to get the couple to go down the street to the other web designer.
2: Right. And, and and there's hundreds obviously of web designers in Denver alone, you know let alone the rest of the state of Colorado, let alone the fact that you could be anywhere and design someone's website uh, for a Colorado wedding, of course. Um, and this same thing came up with Jack Phillips. come on, guys, we know there's more than one baker in this in, in this town, but you but it was they weren't happy to have any other cake. It's really just how can we make sure this one person isn't allowed to dissent? And so when the state is saying not that we have even a compelling interest in making sure people are have access to goods and services okay great the compelling interest to make sure people have access to website design okay fine say that's the interest but come on you're saying there's a compelling interest to have access only to her particular unique services is really amazing and it threatens to undermine the entire first amendment because you could say that about anyone and force anyone to then uh, speak one of the examples that was given is all right if you are a singer and you sing at the Republican convention now are you required to sing at the democratic convention or vice versa um well you're providing good and service and so why why is this uh you know how, how could you only provide it for one group and not the other that really makes a mockery of our first amendment protection and i'm i, I hope that that's not the direction that the supreme court will go i think for, based on yesterday's arguments uh we don't have to worry about that from the u.s supreme court at least
1: I sure hope so. Okay, so being the, the former lawyer who knows to never ask a question they don't already know the answer to, here's one I don't know the answer to. Um, there have been there has been speculation in the past and I think there has been enough evidence to show it's the case uh, that on more than one occasion, these businesses and these Christian individuals were targeted by activists. Uh, is there any sort of hint that this may have been the case here with 303 Creative, that they specifically went to her because she is an open, devout Christian?
2: Uh, well, that, that definitely was the case with Jack Phillips, and you could tell even because Immediately the day his decision, decision came down in his favor from the Supreme Court about gay weddings, he immediately was asked to make a gender transition case, right. uh, which, of course, he felt he couldn't do. And then now, as Justice Gorsuch pointed out in yesterday's argument, he, Colorado has effectively made him go to a re-education uh, classes to try to, to you know, get him into right think again. In this case, it's interesting because Lauren Smith, um, and I think it was, it was a very savvy move, They actually sued preemptively before anyone had had the opportunity to ask for a website because she said, "Look, I want, I need to know what my legal obligations are up front, so I know whether I should start doing wedding websites." And so um, there has no one, you know, no one, no one came and said, "I want a wedding website," and she said, "I will not provide it." Um, So in this case, it was really just almost a defensive move going forward, saying, "Hey, let's get a." uh let's get a declaration so we understand what the legal obligations are before moving into this line of business
1: oh well that's good to know i didn't realize so she that. did good, other websites good.
2: but she hadn't started wedding websites uh, officially yet until she finds out the result now for well, the supreme court
1: yeah i mean it's sad to say in this day and age we know where that would head if 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 she did otherwise uh, particularly in colorado which seems yeah. to be a state deeply hostile to people of faith when it comes to practicing their faith in their businesses. I mean, where do you see this headed overall? I, I know Baronelle Stutzman wasn't successful in her case. Jack Phillips has been with one because of the way he was treated and now it, it may be getting an, another case advancing. Um, I mean, wh- where do you see this headed uh, with the Supreme Court?
2: Well, you know, I think the good news is the Supreme Court uh, that we have now has a solid originalist majority. It's very clear on traditional First Amendment in- interpretation. This is clearly, you know, what the First Amendment was for. It, it, the arguments that hey, this is American society doesn't doesn't as a whole believe this anymore. That's more argument for First Amendment protection. That's why we have the First Amendment is <laughs> to protect. You know, you no know, one in, in the majority needs protection because everyone agrees with them. You need protection if you have a minority opinion on something. So I think I'm really confident about the Supreme Court on this issue. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like the, the cultural tenor around just the, the underlying classical liberal principles of freedom of speech and freedom of expression, free debate, um, are at a, a real low in American society right now. And so I think, um, again, that's, that's all the more reason we need the First Amendment, because when people don't have those, those underlying virtues of, of, of let's listen to opinions that differ from our own, I'm glad that we have that legal backstop, but I do think we need to do the work to try to restore those very core American values in our culture so that we don't need to invoke this backstop. But people would, would just recognize that, hey, you know what, I can be confident in my own beliefs without having to force everyone around to, you know, swear fealty to whatever I think is uh, the, be- the best thing ever. You know, I can I can just rely on the fact that we have free a free exchange of ideas.
1: Well, I I hope we can get there. Listen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. My best to your husband as well. And I just, Judicial Crisis Network, you guys do such good, phenomenal work and can't wait to have the White House back where you can do even more work.
2: Yeah, God willing, that would be
1: great. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, by the way.
2: Thank you, have a great day.
1: You too, Carrie Servino, wonderful, wonderful um, person and such a great cause moving forward. It is nice to know that uh, through Creative wasn't targeted, but targeted, but did this preemptively. With Jack Phillips, he absolutely was targeted. In the Baronel Stutzman case, this was the florist who had longtime clients who decided to get married. They were gay, and they hugged each other. She said she was sorry. She was a practicing Christian. They only vented about it on Facebook, and it was the state itself that clamped down on her, and she lost her business as a result. And The Supreme Court didn't take her case. At least they took this one. Uh, Eden Pure is running their um, deal right now for three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. And it's something you may want to consider. If, if you got random stuff you want to get people for Christmas right now, you're not sure what. But you got somebody who travels a lot. It really does work great. It's small. You can hold it in your hand. It packs a wallop. I keep one in my suitcase when I travel because, I, you know, I've stayed in hotel rooms where someone's been smoking or it's an old building and the room is musty the refrigerator leaked and you get like the the mildewy odor in the room or rental car stinks and i can wipe out those odors with my eden pure thunderstorm you can too and get 3 of them for less than $200 you go to edenpuredeals.com the discount code is eric3 erick3 uh this thing wipes out odors so i can fire it up in the kitchen after i fried uh, something i got a mildewy our, our our sunroom had a mildewy carpet we didn't realize it had got that musty odor and the eden pure knocked it out Uh, You just fire it up. It wipes them out. You get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement, your RV, your travel bag like me. It's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3 on the front page of the website, E-R-I-C-K-3. You'll get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping, EdenPureDeals.com. This is another program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan wherever you are nationwide. If you want to grow your business, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. First Liberty ga.com, uh, $750,000 deals and up buying a building, building a building, growing a franchise, reach out to them. First Liberty, ga.com. Tell them I sent you. Let's go to Jared. You're going to be up next.
0: Welcome. Me? Jared. Yep. Yes, Jared. How are you? Hey, what's up, Eric? I'm a big fan. Thank you. Yeah, no, I just, uh, my, my brother, he's several years older than me. He was born in 75 and we continually get back on the subject from years back with the whole deal with the bakery. I think it was in Minnesota. They denied to bake the cake, right?
1: Colorado, yeah. Jack Phillips.
0: Right, right. So, while I'm talking the previous one with the whole bakery thing, that was Colorado? That wasn't Minnesota?
1: Yeah, that was Colorado. There was one in in Oregon, uh, Melissa Cakes, and then there was Jack Phillips Masterpiece Cake in, in Colorado.
0: Okay. Well, I'll pick it up then. My bad. So, I just don't understand and with just liberal ideology as a whole, I don't know that there's really ever the thought of an end game anyway. But I don't understand where the when the offense comes from something like that in this, whether it's a gay couple or someone's discriminated against for whatever reason. I don't understand the end game and going taking the headline, social media, this, that or the other, expecting a law to be made for them to as though they can make someone provide a good or service. I believe that any business, with keeping the First Amendment in mind, with free market capitalism, if you open a business and you then make a decision to deny service to somebody for any reason whatsoever, you deal with the consequences of that. But I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe in the idea of setting some sort of precedent that, no, you have to bake this cake or no, you have to perform this wedding ceremony for whatever reason, regardless of your views. And I don't understand. I don't understand why everybody has such a such a problem with that. If I right, look, I, I'm I'm
1: with you. My my personal view is that you should be able to do business with whoever you want to do business with, and let the free market decide. And if the free market uh, decides, well, I'm not shopping there because this guy's a racist. Uh, then and, you go out of business. Okay. Um I'm not shopping there because I, you're a Christian. Well, maybe it goes of business. Maybe it doesn't. But uh, we should be able. The Constitution allows us to contract between each other. The, the one exception I would say historically that Jared, I appreciate the phone call. Let me let you go there because I got less than a minute here. The only exception I think historically there is race in this country, given the country's history of slavery and the Civil War and the like. I can see Congress stepping in and saying, no, you, you can't discriminate. Although if you're a private organization in this country, you're allowed to. You just can't be nonprofit. Uh, I But I really do think in the grand scheme of things, let people do business with who they want to do business with, let them refuse with who they want to refuse to do business with, and let the chips fall where they may. And if you and I decide this person's a racist, we're not going to go do business with them. They go out of business in the free market. But if they're offering a quality product and people support them, well, it's our loss, I guess, but theirs as well as they don't learn and grow and evolve their business. But we should allow people to engage in transactions they want to engage with and not force them.